0: I was talking to a doctor the other day about how I can get over my fear of elevators, and he yeah. said that I just needed to take steps to avoid them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's cheesy, but I like it. Yep.
0: It's good. I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? Excellent. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, It's been a good day. Uh, I think it's going to be a good uh, good evening here in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. So um, real quick, we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network. We're proud to be members of the Podbelly Network. Um, It's podbelly.com. You can find a list of shows that you may not find in other places, um, spanning all sorts of genres. Um, so go over there and check them out. Uh, we're proud to be associated with these shows. So go check them out at podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Diet Smoke and Hello Fresh. And we will talk a little bit more about them coming up through this episode. While you're on the internet, go check out patreon.com slash graveyard tales. You can become a patron and you can get, if you're a $10 patron, you can get the video versions of these shows and get kind of the behind the scenes talk that we do before the actual episode starts, which for this episode is going to be quite an interesting, long discussion. (laughs) Um, So go over there, sign up one, five and $10. Um, Everybody gets a bonus episode a week, but our $10 patrons get the video version of the regular episodes um, and our 5 and $10 get video versions of the Patreon episode. So depending on what you can afford, depending on what you want to see, go over there and sign up, uh, patreon.com slash graveyard tales.
1: All right, Adam, let's take a minute and talk about one of our newest sponsors, Diet Smoke. Now, Adam and I have, have talked about the problems that we have with chronic pain and and anxiety and sleeplessness and sometimes taking you know another pill is just not not something you want to do but you you want to help with this kind of stuff well diet smoke is a product that might be exactly what you need so you you know have you ever taken uh you know a, a gummy an edible and thought god i don't i have no idea what this is going to do to me Mm -hmm. you know i may fall asleep i may be awake for the next 16 hours right you know you, you never know but with diet smoke they have found a way to get you the exact effect that you want consistently in a simple to take and flavorful gummy um it gives you the most beautiful balanced buzz every single time And if you're looking for something a little bit stronger, Diet Smoke's Delta 9 gummies are exactly what you're looking for. I mean, Diet Smoke is made with Delta 8 THC, Delta 9 THC, or CBD, and it's all derived from American-grown hemp. They've got more flavors and three strengths to get the effect that you want. No more, no less. That's
0: right, and they've got a subscription option so that you can get exactly what you want when you want it. You can switch your flavors, select your strengths, add products, or skip a month. And they've got the, the three different CB, uh, the CBD, the Delta eight and the Delta nine ranging in strengths from that, uh, CBD Delta eight and Delta nine. So you can pick which strength you prefer, or you can try some of all of it and see which works best for you. Um, I know for me, There's some that I would rather take at night to go to bed. Some if I'm, you know, in the evening and want to just sit and relax and kind of mellow out, then I would take a a different strain that's a little bit weaker. All of Diet Smoke's gummies are third party lab tested to ensure quality for all the batches. And Diet Smoke is so confident in their product that if you're not 100% satisfied, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. Which
1: yeah, I mean, you can't beat that.
0: No, you can't you, you don't get that if you go to a brick and mortar store and try to buy Delta 8 gummies. They don't have a money back guarantee like
1: that. So if you if you deal with chronic pain, if you deal with anxiety, look, if you just have a stressful job and you need to find a way to relax in the evenings, go and check out Diet Smoke.
0: That's right. And you can go to their website, dietsmoke.com, and read their FAQs, and they explain a little bit more for you there Um, if you have any questions. I'm sure it has been asked and answered in their FAQs. So you can join us in enjoying these gummies if you would like, and we've got a promo code for you. All you got to do is go to dietsmoke.com, D-I-E-T-S-M-O-K-E.com, And use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, and it will give you 15% off your first order.
1: Yeah, and that promo code again is GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, at dietsmoke.com to get 15% off your first order.
0: Now, Matt. That's all I've got for the intro of this episode. I think I talked too much in the beginning before we started the main episode, but uh, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother?
1: Okay. So tonight is is kind of a fun one. Um, We're going to talk about a haunted town and we've done, we've done shows like this before. We, we approached Gettysburg like this. Um, we've done a few others where we talked about um, like so our Savannah show is like this, where we have multiple places yep. in the town uh, that uh, reportedly has a lot of a lot of uh, paranormal activity. Um, tonight we're going to head out west, and we're going to talk about Clayton, New Mexico. Yep. Now we we found out about Clayton, New Mexico by discussing doing a show about one of the particular places that just happened to be in Clayton. And as we looked, we noticed that Clayton had more. And then we found that in October of 2018, the New Mexico Department of Tourism uh, proclaimed the town of Clayton to be the most haunted city in the entire state. So, That's pretty cool. Well, we have got to look into that.
0: Absolutely. And so
1: that's what that's what we did. And so tonight, and, and the thing about Clayton because it's out west, it's got some interesting history uh, as as a wild west town. Mm-hmm. And that I think plays into the the paranormal activity that they experience um, which for the most part is is a lot of fun these are these are fun stories um they have been you know experienced by lots and lots of people
0: wild um, west ghosts always seem to be fun yeah like yeah, they are every time you end up with a wild west ghost even if they're sort of threatening there's still something fun or funny about them <laughs> where if you look at like these old English ghosts they're just terrifying
1: yes, some of those in yes. England
0: they're just downright terrifying oh,
1: yeah yeah i know It's like this one will remove its own head and Mm -hmm. throw it at you and stuff i mean it's just you're right The you know the european spirits are all you know super creepy and 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 these out west are all you know they may not be benevolent but they're they're fun and they're definitely fun to talk about yep um so yeah so Let's look into the history of Clayton, New Mexico, and then we're gonna we're gonna tell some stories about some of the places that you can you can visit.
0: All right. So as we always say, go check our sources down in the bottom of the show notes. Uh, you can find where we found this information, um, and you can continue the research if you'd like to. So check out the sources down in the bottom of the show notes. Now, the reason I say on this one that you can continue the research is because there is a lot of Wild West history about this town that I'm not going to cover simply for sake of time and your own sanity. Mm -hmm. Um, So there will be stuff that I leave out. I'm going to skim the surface on some of the history here, but enough for you to understand uh, what this town was, what kind of people were there and the role it played back in the day so that you can understand some of the hauntings that Matt's going to talk about. Now, this says, according to the United States Census Bureau, the town has a total area of 4.7 square miles, all of it being land, which that's not a shocker being in New Mexico. You know, it's (laughs) it's New Mexico. So most of it, most of New Mexico is land. Now, I know we're going to have a bunch of people yelling no there's lakes and rivers there i know i'm making a generalization (laughs) about how sandy and deserty new mexico is
1: we're not complete idiots but no close
0: we're close we're we're semi idiots um now clayton has an elevation of a approximately 5050 feet above sea level and it's located about 130 miles northeast of amarillo texas which i thought interesting if you're here in Texas, you'll know exactly where Amarillo is. And then you just go 130 miles northeast and you run right into Clayton.
1: Yeah. Amarillo by morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, it's song is in my head. Every time I, I see, read, hear about Amarillo, that's the first thing in my head every time.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. It's a good song. <laughs> now, as I was saying about it all being land, Clayton is considered to be in the Plains region of New Mexico. So, uh, uh, probably Plains, like this is spelled P-L-A-I-N, or P-L-A-N-E, or P-L-A-I-N. A- any plane you want. Plains <laughs> region, the The Plain region, because it's Plain, or the plane region, because most people only see it flying over the thing.
1: <laughs> what is I that call, flat? I where you were going. I thought, oh, Lord, is he giving us an English lesson? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just saying, it's,
0: it's the plane's region. It's pretty plain, or you only see it from a plane most of the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, we don't normally do this next part, but... I ran across a few reviews of Clayton while doing this research, and I thought it would be funny to look at some of these. And uh, Matt hasn't seen these reviews. So if, I,
1: if you're from Clayton, yeah, uh, we're, this is all in fun, okay? Right. If we we I, have no ill will towards Clayton. Right. And, and I didn't write any of these.
0: Like I, I didn't write this. I found this. Um. So if it if you wrote this, then you can write in and say, "Hey, I wrote that one." But uh, if it's negative, I don't feel the way they feel about Clayton. I'm just going to say that up front. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a two star review from a former resident. It says there is always houses getting robbed every day, which is bad for a small town. There is not a lot of opportunities to have in Clayton. Their school system is terrible. And teens have parties every other night driving around all night drunk. The cops are all right. And so is some of the food places. But the town is dirty and most people are rude. I didn't feel safe with my child, so I,
1: that that could have been isolated to her, her neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that. that I say her. It, I just assumed it was that. Could have been their street, just their street.
1: <laughs> yeah, just street. But I mean, they had a few bad neighbors.
0: Yeah, they had some bad neighbors whose teenagers went and got drunk all the time. But I mean, you know, I I like the teens having parties every other night and driving around all night drunk. And then right after that is the cops are all right. Yeah. Cops are all right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now we got a five star to make up for that a little bit. This is from a current resident says Clayton is a small town in New Mexico. Very friendly, family oriented. A lot of the people in the community will give you the shirts off their backs. If they needed to, they do not have much to do in the lines of entertainment, especially for the young ones. So five stars, even though they don't have much to do for young kids.
1: Yeah. But it's the thing a, about kids growing up in a small town, they'll find stuff to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to say, if I it's mean, a small it, town, it, it there's never be, anything. It may not
1: be the conventional stuff, but mm-hmm. kids kids will find stuff to do. <laughs> and in my
0: opinion, it, it that is the cool thing. Small town, oh, yeah. the kids finding something to do. There's not designated activities. Let them go run and play in the creek. I mean, yeah. that's fun. All right. Now this is a one star. So this is the worst, worst one here it says it's boring and nothing for the kids. There, uh, nothing for the kids. There's nothing to keep them busy. The school system is horrible. It's not a good place to live. It's corrupt and just an ugly place to be. <laughs> there was no punctuation. <laughs> so I read it the way it was written.
1: <laughs> so, so I, uh, I always take these with a grain of salt. Uh, When I don't see any, hardly any punctuation or any at all, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think one of two things, either they're just they're just typing away and they're not even thinking about putting punctuation in there or they're just they're doing voice to text. And, that you know, they don't stop and pause for the punctuation and they're just blah blah, 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 blah just rambling either way. I'm kind of like, I don't really care what you have well, to say. <laughs> and it
0: seems like for this one that the person is just pissed and they're taking yeah, it out on on just one little thing happened. And so they jumped online and wrote this review.
1: That's right. And That's exactly what it is. It sounds like a bad Yelp review for a diner where yep. they, you know, they, they, the, my eggs were too runny. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it took too long to get a refill, and so they're all right. The last one I got, it's a three star from an unnamed. Doesn't say whether they're a current resident or former. Oh um, well, yeah, it
1: does. It says it's their hometown.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't say whether they're living there or. Oh okay, okay. I got you. you know. I got you. It yeah, doesn't whether, say
1: whether they they're living there now.
0: Yeah. um it Says Clayton is my hometown. Uh, well, yes, I guess it does. Clayton is my hometown. I lived here all my life. I would like to see more job opportunities open up here. The only job here is the prison. It brings it brings in new people to the town. Our only fast the food place, does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Our only fast food place got shut down a few months ago. So
1: <laughs>
0: hey, what, uh, yeah, what caught every, me? Every three weeks, we get new people to the town <laughs> yeah. in the prison. That's what caught me about this is the only job here is the prison and it brings new people to the town. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Do they, do they release them into the town people you want? (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, they bring them in and when they get new people, they release other ones just into the town. Mm -hmm. And so we get new residents every three weeks and my
1: neighbor's awesome
0: he killed two men but he's awesome i mean
1: (laughs) he's better i've never seen anybody any better with hedge clippers yeah (laughs) right (laughs) oh oh, man all right well we're gonna have to do that more often yeah i
0: i think so if we do another town i'll try to find some reviews all right let's get back to clayton here um This is from uh, the Clayton, New Mexico Chamber of Commerce, and it says the site of Clayton has been a crossroads ever since time began. About 100 million years ago, it was a dinosaur trackway on the edge of an ancient sea, and dinosaur tracks and bones are found throughout this area. The most impressive collection of tracks is at the Clayton Lake State Park, where over 500 tracks have been documented.
1: Hey, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's like,
1: reason enough to visit Clayton if oh, you're yeah. close by. At yeah. least for me, I'm a big dinosaur nut. Oh, oh
0: me too. You know. Me too. That, that Just being able to see the tracks uh, yeah. fossilized there would be amazing because that tells you a lot about oh. an animal is to see their tracks. So that that's great. Now, this says that Native Americans began coming through the area at least 10,000 years ago. Uh, Many traces of their passing have been found, including various types of pottery, spear points, and even human remains buried in caves. Now, the area was rife with buffalo, deer, and antelope, which made it a prime hunting ground. Now, Clayton is a town and county seat of Union County in New Mexico, and the Cimarron cutoff of the Santa Fe Trail brought some of the first Americans through the Clayton region. The Santa Fe Trail was first established in 1821 after Spanish rule was evicted from Mexico, which opened up trade between Santa Fe and the United States. William Becknell, also known as the father of the Santa Fe Trail, became the first person to utilize that trail as a trade route between the state of Missouri and Santa Fe. Um, He established the Cimarron Cutoff, also known as the Cimarron Route, as a faster route between countries, as the Cimarron route shortened the trail by more than 100 miles, um, it went straight through the Clayton region where travelers used, uh, used the Rabbit Ear Mountains there as a guiding landmark. Um, so I want to look at the Santa Fe Trail a little more. Um, that, um, you know, it included that Cimarron route, which ran right through Clayton. So we, I want to talk about the Santa Fe Trail so you kind of get a sense of the types of people that would come through Clayton in its heyday.
1: Yeah, but this also gives you an idea that Clayton, even though it was a small town, it, it's historically significant. I mean, you know, if you've done any study on the development of the Western United States, the Santa Fe Trail, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... I always find it interesting when you come across these small towns, and then you learn, man, this little town is is pretty significant in the history yep. of the development of the West.
0: Yep, yep. We don't we don't remember it to this day, but if you go look back, it was a pivotal, um, either a, a stopping point for travelers or. You know, somewhere people could get water, on to make so they could survive the rest of the way, or or uh-huh. something important. So let's look at the Santa Fe Trail a little more uh, uh, detailed here. Now, between 1821 and 1880, the Santa Fe Trail was primarily a commercial highway connecting Missouri and Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, the route was pioneered, like we said, by Missouri trader William Becknell who left Franklin, Missouri in September 1821. Others before him had been arrested by Spanish soldiers once they neared Santa Fe, and most had been hauled south toward Mexico City to, to serve lengthy prison sentences. Becknell, however, was pleasantly surprised to find that Mexico had overthrown the Spanish yoke and the new Mexican government, unlike the predecessors, welcomed outside trade. So, not surprisingly, others got into the, into the trade soon after Becknell returned, and by 1825, goods from Missouri were not only being traded in Santa Fe, but to other points further south as well. Now, some traders used the so-called mountain route, which offered uh, more dependable water, but required an arduous trip over Raton Pass. Most, however, used the Cimarron route, which was shorter and faster, but required knowledge of where the route's scarce water supplies were located. So if you knew that area, it would be better to take that Cimarron route. So most Mm -hmm. people took that route, which took them through Clayton. Now, from 1821 until 1846, the Santa Fe Trail was a two-way international commercial highway used by both Mexican and American traders. Then, in 1846, the Mexican-American War began, and a few months later, America's Army of the West followed the Santa Fe Trail westward to successfully invade Mexico. After the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo ended the war in 1848, the Santa Fe Trail became a national road connecting the more settled parts of the United States to the new Southwest Territories. Commercial freighting along the trail boomed to unheard of levels, including considerable military freight hauling um, to supply the southwestern forts. Now, the trail was also used by stagecoach lines. Thousands of gold seekers heading to the California and Colorado gold fields, adventurers, missionaries, wealthy New Mexican families and immigrants. So it was a busy hopping Trailway at the time it it was a major interstate basically
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and there was clayton
0: yep exactly
1: and then there's maude
0: (laughs) (laughs) now let's go back to clayton for a minute um eventually this says travelers along the trail began to appreciate the rich soil around clayton and the rolling green hills which were perfect for raising livestock. Now, cattle ranchers and sheep herders established ranches in the area, though they were large and far apart. Now, that changed when the railroad came to the area, and Stephen Dorsey, a nearby rancher, received the rights to the area where the railroad ran. He soon laid out a town site. Clayton is named for a son of U.S. Senator Stephen W. Dorsey, originally from Ohio who served during reconstruction and the town was established about 1887. Um, The town was a livestock shipping center for herds from the Pecos river and the Texas panhandle. So again, it still had, I mean, you got people shipping out cattle and during the heyday of the cattle runs, if you got cattle coming in from the Pecos River and the Texas Panhandle, you're busy, and there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of people in and out of there. Now, this is in Clayton. There are thought to be underground tunnels. Now, these tunnels were believed to have connected to every building in Clayton at one point, but most have been sealed off due to safety precautions. Now, some believe it was for the alcohol prohibition during the 1920s, While others believe that they were created for a safe place during serious storms, such as the one in 1908 that completely destroyed the courthouse. And yet others believe that they were only made for maintenance of the buildings. Now I had trouble finding very much information on these tunnels. Um, It doesn't seem like many have taken the time to research or explore these tunnels, but keep in mind while we're going through all this, there does seem to be an, a series uh, or network of tunnels under the city that yeah. connects all the buildings. Now, we talked about generally the type of people that were coming through Clayton and stopping in Clayton and all that. But I want to talk about one person in particular that's going to come up um in Matt's part of the research, and it, it will just kind of give you an idea of this town, this area, and this feller here. Now, we're going to talk about Black Jack Ketchum. Now, you may know that name. Yeah. Um, you may not know why you know that name, but we're going to talk about him. Now, this says that it was April Uh, April 26, 1901, when train robber Thomas Edward Ketchum, later known as Blackjack, was hanged in the town of Clayton. Now, the officials in Clayton were not that experienced with the practice of hanging criminals. Ketchum was the first one to be sentenced to death by hanging. And their inexperience would lead poor Blackjack Ketchum not dying in the usual manner from breakage of the neck vertebrae, but from decapitation because of the rope used for his ex Uh, execution was too long and as rigid as wire. All right, Matt. So here's the thing. It's summer. You're wanting to maximize every minute of daylight you've got to do something fun after you get off work, right? You want to hang out in the yard and play in the sprinklers or you want to go to the park with your dogs and kids and run around... There's nothing worse than wanting to do that, but having to stop by the grocery store and pick up food because we all got to eat and you got to take this hour or more out of your enjoyment and go grocery shopping and deal with the people there and deal with the prices of the grocery store and trying to figure out what you're going to eat and all that stuff. You can totally skip that. And all you gotta do is order HelloFresh. And we have talked about HelloFresh many times, but we're gonna keep talking about them because we love HelloFresh. And HelloFresh is a meal delivery service where you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. And you can skip those annoying trips to the grocery store and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable And that's the reason it's America's number one meal kit. But you can choose from 55 or more weekly options featuring pre-portioned high quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. And HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from farm to your door in less than a week. So you can savor summer flavors right from your home, which is great because you don't know how long that head of lettuce or yellow squash has been sitting at the grocery store but you right. do with hello fresh it it will be to your door in less than a week and you can select meals from taste of summer series that are sure to become everyone's new favorites like the old bay shrimp and sausage boil and the family style grilled steak lettuce wraps
1: oh man and what about those melty monterey jack burgers that incredible i love I those I promise, man promise promise No matter how picky the eaters are in your house, HelloFresh will deliver something that they will absolutely love. Oh, yeah. Um, I know know last week we enjoyed our HelloFresh box better than I think any that we've had. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone was just really uh, excited about the dishes that we had and those Melty Monterey Jack burgers were part of it.
0: It's that um, taste of summer meals, man.
1: Yeah, and it was it was fantastic. And, and my oldest prepared dinner every night. She loves it, loves the recipe card. It's fantastic. I mean, if, if you've thought about it, but you're just like, eh, I'm not so sure, go ahead, pull the trigger. I promise you will not regret this. All you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com Slash Graveyard sixteen using our code graveyard16, that's Graveyard sixteen that's G R A V E Y A R D one six to get sixteen free meals over seven boxes and three free gifts.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible deal. So if you want to join us, make meals easier this summer so you can spend more time enjoying the weather and playing with your dogs and your kids. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Graveyard16 and use our promo code Graveyard16. That's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-1-6. And you'll get 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Now,
1: when the that's day... Just, that, uh, Tim, look, before you get into this, because I know this story. Um, if you were not all that experienced in something like execution, right. Then why, why would you use a method that you just didn't know? I can't imagine. And maybe it was somebody smarter than me could tell me, um, if it was already mandated, um, as how, uh, people would be executed. You would say, this is going to be our form of execution. The government says this; these are the approved methods, and hanging, mm-hmm. you know, was one of those. But it, I would imagine you probably had more individuals in that town that could fire a rifle. You know what? A yeah. firing squad. I, I'm sure I, they still did that. Um, yeah. I just I was thought it was curious. It was like, you know, we hadn't hanged anybody around here in a, ever. And why don't, why don't we build build a gallows and hang somebody? You
0: know, I think
1: (laughs) it's like, why?
0: There's (laughs) probably a couple reasons for that. One, like you said, that was the established method. That was okay. This area, the way we do it, the most quote unquote humane way that we found is hanging. Okay. But there's also sometimes where I've seen the courts at that time would decide during your trial, Sentenced to death by hanging, sentenced to death by firing squad, Hmm. where now you just get a death sentence and then they figure out, according to the laws and what's going on, how, what your manner of death will be. But you can
1: request it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it was probably one of those things where that county in New Mexico had a thing where we're going to hang all. Um. Prisoners sent to death. But because Clayton had never had that, then it's still their method that they got to do. But they're like, yeah, "Eh, how do I do this? Yeah, It's not that's not something that you tinker with. Like you tinker with changing the strings on a guitar or, you know, you tinker with recording a podcast and then maybe Uh, you get better. You don't tinker with hanging people. So. You either have experience or you don't. You're not like, well, you know, I was dabbling back in college with this and um, I think I've got it figured out. That's
1: that doesn't work that way. And and the thing, too, is when especially in the old west, when these people would be sentenced to hang, there was no lengthy, drawn out death row. No thing. A bunch of appeals and, and you know, they, they may get executed 30 years later. Yeah. yeah. it's tomorrow. You yeah, know. Yep. So so I can imagine they're going, All right, who's good with a hammer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yep. we gotta build we gotta build this gallows. Yeah. Who's got the
0: longest rope in town? Uh
1: <laughs> and, and Betty, and there was no, Betty like, has
0: the longest rope.
1: They weren't like on YouTube looking up how to build a gallows. Yeah, how right. To, how to hang a man.
0: <laughs> can you imagine what <laughs> list you would be on if you did YouTube that?
1: I, I <laughs> that, can you imagine they're over there and one of them's got a smartphone and he's just going and going and going and they're like have you found it yet no but i found this great game where i try to guess these words <laughs> yeah right
0: <laughs> i found this game where you slingshot birds at buildings and have you been doing that for the last 10 minutes yeah i mean it's addictive i mean what <laughs> Have you ever heard of best fiends? <laughs> I mean, I just found <laughs> 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 All right, let's get back to blackjack here. Now um, it says when the day came, the hanging was the biggest attraction in the entire area with many people coming from far away to see the execution themselves. Now, Ketchum was soon to become the first person hanged for train robbery in New Mexico. However, it did not proceed as smoothly as they had planned. Now, the night before the hanging was scheduled, an official tested the rope with a 200-pound sandbag. You know, we got to make sure it doesn't break. So, sure. he tested it with a 200-pound sandbag. But he forgot to remove it. So, the weight of this bag made the rope as rigid as wire from hanging taut like that all Mm -hmm. night. It stiffened this rope out. So it's not flexible rope anymore. It's like pretty hard uh, rope now. Now, this caused an immediate decapitation. Now, it said that Blackjack's headless body landed on its feet and remained upright for some time. I wonder what some
1: time is.
0: Yeah, I would like to know that. Was, were they sitting there for like two hours waiting for him to fall over or was it like thirty seconds?
1: Yeah, or and did did he when he landed on his feet, did he stick his hands up because he he stuck <laughs> the landing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo all the crowd holds up
0: cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One guy gives him a five and they're like, Why? he lost his head. He lost I his mean, head. I mean that's not perfect form. His head's not there anymore.
1: You've got to land with your body intact.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, we joke because it's no, it's not too soon. It's It's
1: not too soon. This
0: has been a couple hundred years. It's not too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they say that prior to burial, the townsfolk actually sewed his head back onto his body and then buried him in Clayton's boot hill. Man. Why you would go through the trouble of sewing it back on. I don't understand. Um you're going to decompose anyway and it's going to come apart. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, putting him in a box and putting him underground. I mean, maybe they were just thinking if he came back as a zombie, he would at least have his head. We can do him that favor. <laughs> but he wouldn't have to be the headless horseman, the headless train robber.
1: Now that would be scary.
0: Yeah. That's a good movie too. <laughs> Listen, Shudder, If you're listening to this, yeah. we we will help you produce The Headless Train Robber, a story of Black Jack Ketchum's ghost.
1: <laughs> That's right. That'd be great. Or
0: or if any of our director friends are listening. Mm-hmm. Um we we will definitely help you do that.
1: Yeah. Be great. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> so you you get a sense of what Clayton was like and, and you know, even Dennis even just a, yeah Dennis, Dennis Callow, Callow
0: please hit us up about <laughs> the headless train robber Black Jack Ketchum right. Matt can play Blackjack Jack him I'll play the guy that
1: stupidly decapitated him <laughs> I will stick the landing I swear <laughs> <laughs>
0: head intact
1: uh, oh uh, but let's talk about some of the haunted places that are in Clayton that would have given it the title, um, the the most haunted city in New Mexico, or or sometimes you'll see it, it's the scariest um, city in New Mexico. I don't know about scary, but there's some stuff going on. Uh, yeah. The first place we're going to talk about is the hertzstein Museum. Now the, the herdstein Museum is cool in that it has a lot of artifacts um, from and about the Santa Fe Trail and a lot of history and Adam went into that um, so it, it's a it's a neat museum it's also interesting that a small town like this has a museum um you don't see that enough anymore um, or that people actually know about it right because um, you know museums are great but they're also great for ghosts. Um, because mm-hmm. I mean, with so many different artifacts and, and the museum building was used for so many different things, um, it, it you, it, there's bound to be a spirit that's left over or two. Um, but it's also makes it very difficult to try to pinpoint who it might be. Um, because right. there's a lot of candidates for that, <laughs> yeah. um, but the museum staff, feel that the main ghost that calls the Hertzstein museum home is a quote sassy older lady <laughs> she's huh. she's very sassy
0: i like that <laughs> i like now,
1: it now in 2015 uh there was a uh, a paranormal investigation group that claimed to have caught an apparition of a woman in white on video um the executive director of the museum victoria baker has also noted that the sound of disembodied high-heeled footsteps can be heard in the kitchen area. And, you know, Adam, nobody nobody that I know now wears high heels. But I can remember uh, as a kid when my mom had on high Mm -hmm. heels going to church or whatever, and you could hear that distinct sound walking across the kitchen floor. Um, You knew. Clop, clop, clop. Yeah, it was different. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just, they had a different sound. And so that's the sound that people report hearing in the Hertzstein museum. So it's, it's very distinct. Um, but just like I said, you don't see, uh, you you don't see people in heels like that as, as much as you used to.
0: Except sassy old lady ghost.
1: Except sassy old ladies, you know, now Victoria Baker goes on to say, uh, Quote, I think that we do have some sort of unknown spirits here. And you, th- and you think about if every item in the museum carries energy. So you never know what attaches to things here in the museum. And, and she makes a really good point. Um, you know, you're, you're getting historical artifacts. But a lot of times, um, historical artifacts have a lot of energy because of the energy that surrounded the event they're part of, whether it's, you know, clothing from a soldier or it's, uh, um, uh, p- pottery that was discovered or, or, you know, a, a, a jeweled piece, something, you know, there was, there was some emotion, there was some energy, there was something that, that made this significant. It belonged to right. somebody very important or maybe somebody that, was historically significant and died tragically, whatever. Um so you when you're in a museum, you you get those things and she's got a valid point that maybe something's attached to one of the artifacts.
0: Yep. Now highly possible.
1: Future paranormal investigations have produced an E V P of a little boy's voice in a back bedroom area. Which that that's also pretty cool. I mean, you know, you don't always and, um pick up decent evps on these investigations mm-hmm. so so that that's pretty good i have not been able to find where i could listen to it and understand what it's saying yeah. um but it's supposedly it's out there um they've also had poltergeist activity in the museum um there is a a rattling noise that is either on or around the staircase um there's other noises that can be heard throughout the museum um, but some visitors and staff have reported objects being knocked over when no one is around them um and and those are very common things with poltergeist hauntings yeah. um because you know like poltergeist means noisy ghost mm-hmm. you know a lot of noise stuff being broken you know all that stuff so yep, you know stuff they stuff thrown and yeah they might very well have have got a poltergeist from an old pickaxe or something yeah (laughs) yeah now the next place we're going to talk about is the hotel eckland and and this was actually the location that um we were considering uh to do a show about and then we that's when we saw that clayton had all these other places um we we also learned through some additional research that the famous ghost story at the Hotel Eklund is the only ghost story that I can find <laughs> right. about the Hotel Eklund. But right.
0: It would have been it, a really it, short episode. <laughs> yeah. I'd have done a little history. Matt would have told the one story, and then 20 minutes later, okay. we'd be signing off. So
1: Peace out. So, yeah. But since 1892, what started as a mercantile is now a three-story sandstone boutique, hotel, saloon, and restaurant in Clayton, New Mexico, uh, named the hotel Eklund. Now Keith Barris and his wife Jeanette and their sister-in-law, uh, Joe Beth Price purchased the hotel in 2011 and it had actually closed in 2009, I believe. Um, and, and they bought it to kind of revamp it. And, uh, Keith says, when people ask about, uh, about the ghosts his response is i tell them it's just an old building an old building have stories so (laughs) (laughs) and i I like that quote because i think that is so true yeah um yeah but uh when you walk into the hotel akland one of the first things you'll notice if you look up is bullet holes in the tin ceiling and this is a reminder of the hotel's wild west days and they have not these are real bullet holes they have not fixed them they are weren't done for decoration uh they say that these are these are just the bullet holes that are left over
0: i love Um, that man yeah i there's a a few like old saloons or old hotels or whatever that have done that and Mm -hmm. and i i honestly i love that because that is history that's it tells a story. It lets you know what kind of place this was. You know, if you walk in and you see bullet holes from the Wild West, it almost transports you back to that time. That's right. And I I just, I love that, man. I. So if you got a, a hotel or an old brothel or, or saloon, don't cover up the bullet holes. Leave them there. People yeah. love it. Adam loves it. Let Adam enjoy it.
1: <laughs> now, the ghost story from the Eklund Hotel um, is about a maid named Irene who haunts room 307. And from room 307, uh, you hear creaking floorboards. And this one is is strange. Uh, mysterious faces in the wallpaper. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I couldn't find anything where I was like, does the pattern look like a face? Does it look like a face is behind it? I, I, yeah. I'm not really sure, but faces in the wallpaper is a new one. I hadn't, I hadn't mm-hmm. heard that one before. Um, but the legend says that Irene had lost a child in her grief. She went to work at the hotel and hung herself in room 307. Now, Keith Barris, uh, the owner, prefers to think of her as a benevolent presence. And one. Uh, he says one of his favorite stories is, uh, is from a time a couple stayed because the wife had a terrible migraine. In the morning, she thanked her husband for the wonderful way he had caressed her head through the night because it relieved her headache. The husband said, that wasn't me. you know. I ain't touching you. That wasn't me. <laughs> but uh, but Barris says, oh, maybe she was touched by an angel. Ah. Like, or, or maybe there was a ghostly maid rubbing her head. I don't know.
0: Yep, exactly. <laughs> it was a There's, ghost physician that knew what she needed. You know?
1: Yeah. Now, the next two places we're going to talk about um, focus more around our buddy, Black Jack Ketchum. Now, the Union County Courthouse, it was reconstructed in 1909 after a tornado took it down. Um, But 100 years later, the, the courthouse is believed to host the spirits of many of the people that passed on, including Black Jack Ketchum, because he died in front of the original courthouse and in the weird manner in which he died, Mm -hmm. um, they believe his spirit decided to stick around. Yeah, I probably would too. Yeah, why not? Now, the jailhouse where Blackjack was held is reported to be ice cold. Courthouse employees have reported sightings of Blackjack. Some have reported seeing full silhouettes and orbs Uh, surrounding them or even following them. Hmm. So that's pretty neat. I don't know. uh, There was nothing about any investigations that's gone on in the courthouse, but it is a courthouse and it's uh, active. So that's probably pretty difficult, I would say. Right,
0: right. Uh, On the orb thing, you know, if you catch orbs in a photo, you and I both are on the same page. Orbs in a photo doesn't tell you much. It may tell you that the room is dusty, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't tell you much. Now, if you see orbs in person and the orbs follow you, that's a pretty good indication that it's not dust. Right. Right. Um, So if, if you're like, if you hear a disembodied voice rather than an EVP, if you hear it or see it in person. That's yep. pretty good evidence that something is going on.
1: Yeah. Now, I understand everybody in the graveyard. I love y'all. I love each and every one of you. But if you show me a photograph that is of an orb, and you tell me we didn't see anything until we 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 looked at the pictures later, I'm 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 just gonna smile and nod because. If you didn't see it and it showed up on a photo, there is about ninety nine point nine nine percent that it's not an orb. Right. I mean I, that now that's me. That is there is no kind of paranormal scientific research that says that. I'm just saying that because that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, that if you didn't see it and it showed up in a photo, then it's probably just you know it's it's dust reflecting light. You know, it's, it's not an orb, but if you tell me that you saw it and you, you captured it on photo, or if you tell me that you witnessed an orb, even if you didn't take a picture of it and, and you Mm -hmm. saw it move around and you saw it multiple places, or you thought it was following you, I'm going to believe you. I mean, that's, I mean, Adam's right. I mean, you know, you see that with your own eyes. That's, that's impressive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: now the the last haunted place and this one i found the, those first three you're going to find on every site that talks about how haunted clayton is right um but you got to dig a little deeper to find this one so this is the Philmont scout ranch okay uh it, it's in clayton it's like a, a boy scout resort kind of place and uh you know old blackjack his spirit is a busy fella because he doesn't always stick around the courthouse, and several visitors to the Philmont Scout Ranch say they have had a run in with Ketchum's ghost. Now one camper recounts his experience of running into the ghost of Thomas Blackjack Ketchum. He said um, he he saw the legendary train robber's ghost while he was there camping. It was near the Philmont Scout Ranch. In, near, in the nearby mountains with other Boy Scouts, one area they decided to camp near was an abandoned gold mine that actually served as Ketchum's hideout. Hmm. The hideout was a large rock overhang, and the scouts thought it would be fun to camp there for the night. However, their leader insisted that they stay at a nearby designated campsite. So, the kids were a little disappointed, and several of their scouts set their tena- tents up several hundred feet away from the leader's tent. You know you know how kids do. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm still technically in the designated place, you know, right. but I'm going to get as absolute far from you as I can. I'm going to push the envelope, and yeah, then, oh yeah. you know, probably by the morning, my tent's going to be like 35 feet further.
0: Mm. Um. I'm not touching him. I'm not touching him. I'm not <laughs> so, touching him.
1: So the kids are trying to get closer to to the hideout area. But it says suddenly one of the one of the rogue campers, one of the ones that was over there in the getting closer to the gold mine um was awakened by a noise in the bushes. Now the camper says that he felt paralyzed, unable to move and he tried to call out to the others. But then he saw a cowboy dressed in all black come running out of the bushes toward the hideout. He said the man was mostly solid, but some parts of him appeared translucent. He described the man as filthy dirty with a tattered hat, clothes from the 1800s, and, a ter- and terribly yellowed teeth. So if you can describe colors like that, especially facial mm-hmm. features... You know, that's very interesting because that's almost like, a, a, you know, a, a, a partial form, um, you know, where you can actually pick up some details. Yep. And he obviously saw he saw this uh, for a for a decent amount of time um,
0: yeah, and pretty close.
1: Yeah. And he says that that his face was very red and he was covered with sweat and he had lots of facial hair. And he said he also was holding a revolver, said the cow, the cowboy was apparently completely unaware of the scout, but they said the boy was really, really scared. A strange fog appeared from the tree line across from a small stream and he could hear men yelling and then muffled gunfire. Oh, wow. The cowboy turned and fired his revolver six times into the trees, ran and stood right over the scout. And the cowboy appeared to be wounded in the shoulder and discharged six bullets from, him, from his revolver right on top of the scout. Oh, wow. Now, the scout says as he watched, the bullets disappeared as they fell onto his sleeping bag. The cowboy reloaded his revolver, fired additional shots into the trees, and suddenly, the cowboy noticed the scout. Mm. Said the expression on the cowboy's face indicated that the scout had just suddenly appeared before his eyes. He seemed to be confused and confounded why the scout was so terrified. But then the cowboy uncocked his pistol, looked directly at the scout, and said, you're not supposed to be here, and then disappeared into thin air. Now, Holy crap. Yeah.
0: You know what that sounds like to me? What's that? That does not sound like a ghost encounter. That sounds like I a know. time slip.
1: I know it. I knew you, you. that's where you were going to go, because that's exactly what it sounded like to me. Mm-hmm. And it's
0: like, because the... Uh, now, if you just had the, the Blackjack ghost, okay, ghost... Uh, like stone tape theory, he's replaying right. his deal. Okay. Which
1: which when you when you first get into the story, that's what you think.
0: Right. As soon though as you said there was a fog and you heard distant gunfire, that's when my train of thought switched. And then it seems like they're at the end where he's still oblivious. He's playing out the scene, but then all of a sudden, the, the two universes, the two times collided enough where Blackjack saw the camper
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was as Blackjack appeared to the boy, the boy in the same way just appeared to Blackjack. So what I what I was thinking, and I really wish we could find this out, is at some point in Blackjack's life, did that happen? Was he standing in the woods and some boy just appeared in front of him? You yeah, know, like and if he, he said, had ever told
1: somebody that story.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. And he's like, I was out there shooting, trying to get away. And all of a sudden, a boy ghost popped up in front of me. Yeah. And I spoke to it and then he disappeared. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if oh, we yeah. had that story from somebody and they were like, yeah, he he told this story several times to his cohorts, and then you know, a hundred and something years later, this boy has that experience, and it that would be so much, so corroborating to the time slips and and the the different timelines and and universes theory that that would just uh, I'm yeah I'm blown away.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. So cool. I mean, that that is, that is crazy cool, but it made me think if the, if the veil between, if that's, if, if, if that is a time slip there that was experienced and if, and if the way, you know, you don't ever, you know, I don't think about time as being linear. Okay. And if that is a spot near Clayton where there's a crossover, you know, or it's mm-hmm. you know the barrier is very thin. Um, that that might be a reason why this little town has so much activity is because yes, yeah. there's more energy there,
0: right? Um, right. You
1: know, so I don't know. I, I just I thought it was a really cool story. And, that is, you know, it, it and it has a lot of details, and it, it's very well written. So. I think when you see a retelling of a story like this and and then a writer actually gets a hold of it you know he he wants to the writer is more about telling the story than convincing you that it's true mm-hmm. um so they're, they're gonna they're gonna dress it up and they're going to um make it appealing to the reader so I kind of sometimes I just take that and I'm like okay understand this is not i'm not listening to the kid's story okay yeah i'm i'm listening to somebody tell the story about the kid um but it it, it's still very uh it's a it's a very neat story if if you know he was able to see all of that um -hmm. so i i just i thought it was great and i and i wanted to i wanted to share it with everybody um but yeah, because it does, it does spark a whole nother idea of maybe there's more than just a few ghosts um, right. in Clayton, New Mexico. And, right. you know, if there was going to be one of these spots, you know, out in the middle of New Mexico, uh, wouldn't that make sense? I mean, it's just, you know, there's there's not a lot around there. Maybe that's for a reason. You yep. know, may, maybe it's, you know, there's a lot of desert around there for a reason,
0: and um, New Mexico and Arizona seem to be hubs for places like that, or you know, well, happenings like that.
1: You're exactly right. And if you, if you, if you dig into Native American um, myths and folklore, so mm-hmm. much comes from the tribes in, in and around those two states. Um, and you hear so, so many stories about skinwalkers and shamans and all kinds of things. Um, that happen right around there i mean it, it really makes you think maybe that maybe there's a lot going on at that spot on the planet um yep. that has produced these stories so
0: right something right. to think
1: about um but uh you know that 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 is quite a bit for a little town you know
0: oh yeah yep. it really is
1: i mean you know we're not talking about somewhere like savannah georgia you know a big town like that where you know there's three dozen you know haunted places you know it, it sure it's not like that but i mean when you're talking about a town the size of clayton you know that's a lot of activity you know you you, you might be it, it might be a, a really strange that they would have one um yeah ghost story that was famous you know but to have multiples yep. there it's, it's under cool.
0: 5 under 5 square miles yeah so to have that yeah. much in under 5 square miles that's is right. great
1: little bitty town um but but really cool and like i said we had some we had some fun at the beginning you know talking about the the reviews and everything you know if you're from clayton you know we, we we're, we're just having a good time but if you're from that area we would love to hear from you because i guarantee you i was only able to to scratch the surface um with some of these stories and I, I guarantee you there is some really good stories from the folks that have grown up and lived there for a really long time uh, oh, yeah. and we we love to hear them and you know one of the best places to share those stories with us and the rest of the graveyard is in our facebook group um mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a great place with great people and no one's going to make fun of you everybody just wants to hear really good stories um, right. and if you're in there, you're already into this stuff. So, you know, that, that's what you kind of look for, Hell yeah. but you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just go and search graveyard tales. Um, then you can slide over to our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com and on our site, you can find links to purchase graveyard tales, merchandise. Uh, you can listen to the show and you can become a patron. And we talked about that at the beginning We thank everyone who has donated to the show. It really keeps Adam and I going and able to continue to put out content, uh, quality content for you guys. Right. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.